Hello and welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio, North America's only show dedicated to the equipment used to feed, clothe, and fuel the world. I am Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer from Cat Swamp Road in Hackettstown, New Jersey. And we get together here every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern with a re-air. That means a replay of the same episode Sunday at 6 p.m. And that is exclusively on Rural Radio, Sirius XM Channel 147. That is enjoying their 10th anniversary this year and this month. Boy, does time fly. And as you all know, this is the show where America's farmers go to learn about their equipment. So hopefully everything is going well with you. Uh, we have, uh, we've gotten some rain here. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that's pretty good. And the crops are growing. Boy, what a difference rain and warmth make in growing crops. Obviously, we all know that as farmers. But my first planting of sweet corn, which I believe was May 24th to 25th, I have to look on the calendar, took 26 to 27 days to emerge. It was bone dry, and it was actually quite cold. And uh, it wasn't terribly cold, but not enough heat units to really push it up through it out of the ground. And with no moisture to break that seed coat, it was very, very, very slow. And my last planting which, believe it or not, I put in July 3rd, all right, so uh, not, it's certainly not going to be knee-high by 4th of July a couple of weeks ago, but anyway, that came up in four days. Now, my record, as I said a few weeks ago, is four and a quarter. I'm still saying my personal best. In drag racing, we call it PB. That's not a peanut butter sandwich. That's personal best ET or elapsed time or a mile per hour and a quarter mile or eighth mile, depending on what you race. Race. But my personal best has been four and a quarter days for emergence, and I had I'm gonna I'm still gonna hold to my personal best of four and a quarter because I didn't have it coming up in rows. There was one here, one there. I didn't walk the whole field, but uh, but four days versus twenty six or twenty seven days to see something poking through the ground, big 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 difference, and uh, hopefully that. It's not the case where you are. Hopefully you are getting what you need to grow your crop. And uh, let me see what else I want to tell you. Sadly, the other day I was taking our cat, Allie, to the veterinarian. She had to get a shot. And uh, right over here on Route 517, a couple of miles from the farm, and thank God I was not involved with it, a Chevy van hit a beautiful, beautiful, big, big black bear. I And it it got killed i didn't see any blood um but it, the poor thing was gone was uh, expired and i would have to say that it was probably a 700 pound bear if it was anything and i don't think it was a mommy um i think that it was a, a, a boy but the god willing it was not a mommy with cubs i didn't see any cubs anywhere but that doesn't mean anything the cubs could have scattered but hopefully god willing it terrible to see that poor thing and if i if i would have hit that with with ali going to the veterinarian you all if you listen to my show on my podcast you know that animals are my kryptonite all animals all of god's creation i would have been a basket case for the rest of my life i would have had the cat in the car going to the vet killer bear unbelievable so thank god that i was spared i was mercifully spared having to endure that and um and as i forgot to tell you but 
If you do ever miss an episode of this guy from Cat Swamp Road and you want to catch it, you could just go to my website one week after it airs, and that is farmmachinerydigest.com, and it will be up there in its entirety. But before we go to a very, very brief and short commercial break, I want to tell you what this week's episode is going to be about leaks. We all hate leaks, right? And sometimes those leaks are mysterious. They come and they go. Or that you put some, one fluid in the leaks and the other one doesn't leak and you're scratching your head like my corn emergence. What's going on here? All right, so the thing is that we are going to discuss that. And it is not a mystery, just like my corn emergence is not a mystery, right? We need moisture to break the seed coat and we need heat. Well, certain, so we're going to talk about the dynamics of leaks on all types of equipment, no matter what it is. And never forget that agriculture runs on machinery, but what profits on reliability. I've been talking about being an entrepreneur literally since I was 10. Sirius XM's Business Radio. Inspiration to help you achieve more in business. Be creative, be tenacious, be decisive. Just do it. From finding a work-life balance to motivational stories from entrepreneurs big and small. You learn something in the successes and a lot from the failures. It's always worth it. Business Radio. Powered by the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. Sirius XM 132. RFD-TV is the number one source for market and commodity information as it happens. We focus on the stories that are important to farmers and ranchers across the country. Weekdays on Market Day Report, our team covers policy changes on the federal and state level. U.S. producers trust RFD-TV more than any other news source. So join us for Market Day Report on the TV, the app, and even Rural Radio 147 weekdays starting at 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 Central on RFD-TV. Welcome to Bushels and Cents from Farm Machinery Digest Radio, heard exclusively on Sirius XM Channel 147 Rural Radio. I am your host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer from New Jersey. You may have an older truck on the farm that has an automatic transmission that uses a vacuum modulator to complete the shifts. It is common for a seal in a modulator to fail and suck automatic transmission fluid into the engine's induction path. This is often met with no change in transmission operation. This will result in blue smoke from the exhaust as if the piston rings were worn. Over time, the transmission fluid level will drop since it is being burned. Remove the vacuum line from the modulator, and if there is oil in it, you found the problem. And never forget, it is not what you make, but what you keep that counts. Agriculture runs on machinery, profits on reliability. Visit FarmMachineryDigest.com, where steel and soil meet. Alrighty, my friends, welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. As you know, I'm your host, or in case you're tuning in for the first time, welcome. Welcome to the show and to the club, right? The Hot Rod Farmer Club. But as I said, we're going to talk about leaks, and I hate leaks on any type of farm equipment, any type of engine, any type of machine. No one likes leaks. Leaks are not supposed to be there, right? So we're going to cover a couple of qu- couple of topics on leaks and the dynamics of leaks, because if you could understand the dynamics, why something would leak, and historically it's a fluid, I mean, it could be a dry substance like a powder, but that's kind of hard to leak, and it could be something that's gaseous like, like refrigerant. 
in an air conditioning system or, or a refrigerant uh, in a, uh, a chiller, right, for a dairy barn or what have you. So, but leaks, leaks, no, 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 no leaks, right? No leaks whatsoever. No leaks. We make them, we don't want any leaks what whatsoever. <clears throat> so the first thing, I'm going to go through a, a couple of quick topics and hopefully, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, that they, uh, that they make sense to you. And if not, if you have any questions, never hesitate to reach out to me at Hot Rod Farmer at farmmachinerydigest.com with your questions, your concerns, your comments, your arguments, right? Hey, we're all in this together here. So the first thing that I'm going to talk about is that why will antifreeze in any type of, it could be in a, it could be in a heating system, right? Or an RV or what have you, or it could be a cooling system in an engine, any place that there's antifreeze, which is a, a usually an ethylene or propylene glycol based product years ago was just ethylene mixed with ethylene glycol mixed with water but now you have some propylene glycols or some hybrid blends but basically it's an alcohol mixed with water then growing up right you'd hear if you're my age or near my age right your antifreeze will find the leak where water will not <clears throat> so what is that excuse me what is that all about I'm just going to stop this for a second here and clear my clear my throat. Alrighty, I'm sorry. That was a little bit longer than a second, but I got to I got to this throat always fights me. So the reason why antifreeze will leak where something else does not leak is because of what is called the surface tension of the fluid. So anti, so surface tension, you could think of it this way, in very simplistic, it's not a apples to apples, oranges to oranges uh, explanation, but think of surface te- tension as the friction that the fluid has going through whatever, whatever passageway is, it could be a pipe, it could be a, in an, an engine, the, the cylinder block, what have you, that it's traveling through so it's the friction so if you think of it like on an icy road or if an icy driveway or icy walkway then you're walking on the ice but you don't have a lot of co what they would call coefficient of friction you don't have any grip right and if it's dry you have good grip and if you put spikes on your shoes or spikes on the tires or chains on the tractor you have good grip all right so Basically, in essence, when when there is an icy substance on the ground, when there's ice on the ground, there's very little coefficient of friction, which we could consider surface tension. So why will antifreeze find a leak where water will not in any type of application? It could be in your uh, vacation home, your lake house, right? A lot of people, if they have baseboard hot water, they put a, a an antifreeze type of product in there. It's not automotive antifreeze, but an antifreeze type of product. That is because the surface tension is much less for antifreeze than it is for a glycol than it is water so that means water has more friction whatever you're putting it through you're putting it through a hose you're putting it through a pipe has more friction than anti than glycol so because of that because it's i'll use the word slipperier all right it's going to find a leak where where water will not so that is the first thing you always have to remember that a glycol based product so even glycol mixed with water will not have as much have will have more surface tension than pure glycol because it has the water component but that will find a leak 
where pure water will not. So keep that in mind. So if you have a, a if you have a leak when you put antifreeze in a something, a glycol something, that is because that wherever it is leaking from is is compromised all right and it's not and if you are finding the compromised position condition i should say not position with the antifreeze because of the surface tension then for all you tech heads out there there is a metric a scale to read surface temp, temp, ten, temperature tension or friction and it's dynes d-y-n-e-s per centimeter so if you were to look in a book and see what is the what is the dynes per centimeter of water versus glycol that is your answer all right and that is why lots of times you have to confirm of test the system with the fluid that it's going to use because of surface tension okay the next thing we're talking about leaks here right why does synth- why will synthetic oil if poured into an older engine farm tractor irrigation pump combine whatever leak cause a leak rear main leak oil pan leak timing cover leak when you had regular mineral oil in there and it did not leak all right so what is this all about well there's two things going on there number one is that did you ever screen topsoil even like for a garden right and you take a your two by fours and you make a little box and you put some screening in there and then you put the soil in there because it's not dirt right it's soil it's alive and you'd shake it and you'd catch the rocks right or so whenever you're screening whenever you're screening something all right the the size of the debris we'll call it debris all right if it's larger than the hole in the screen so if you're using cattle fencing well it's going to catch rocks but it's not going to catch little stones right and is going to catch only what is larger than the than the screening the screening material that's being used to screen right makes sense well the same thing happens with oils now when when you have a synthetic oil it is goes through a synthesis synthesization synthesization process it is synthesized is probably easier way for me to say it but anyway and what that does is it starts with base oil every synthetic oil it's synth- synthetic engine oil synthetic brake fluid synthetic uh, it starts with the base product right? it may not be petroleum based like when it comes to brake fluid but it's a transmission fluid hydraulic fluid synthetic grease it starts with the base product right which is petroleum from coming from the ground and then it goes through this synthesis synthesis synth- synthetic process to synthesize it i can't know why i can't say that word today and uh what it does is it changes the molecular structure now people will tell you synthetic oil is is, is slipperier right and and that gets back to our dynes per centimeter but that's not really why it leaks why why it can can cause a leak in an engine that had mineral oil in it well there's two things that happen number one is what's called the swell rate of a seal because every chemical every liquid that's put into a system whether it's my pump on my planter all right this if it has a seal it has a swell rate on it and it uses a little bit of that product whatever is going through there especially if it's a lip seal as a lubricant to make a barrier let's say on the crankshaft or anything on the, the or on my my pump on my pto pump for my for my sprayer right so it, it's a lip seal so a lip seal rides on the shaft and there needs to be a little bit of leakage there a little bit of not not pouring out the ground but needs to get wet so that it could cause a barrier between the seal some which is some sort of rubber or viton all right and the metal shaft for instance on my pto pump 
Well, what happens is that we're talking about synthetic oil, synthetic hydraulic fluid, what, regardless of what it is, petroleum-based products, is that just like if you were to go into your garden or go into your field and you're going, and you're going to, uh, you're going to screen the soil, the topsoil, there's different size debris in it. Well, when it's synthesized, the, mo- the molecules become smaller and they become extremely uniform in size. So what with the mineral oil, you're counting on having different size molecules. So this one, like the old, you know, the finger and putting your finger in the dike in a dam or having a flat tire, you pull a nail out, don't pull a nail out because it's keeping the air in there. Well, what's happening is an, uh, on a natural petroleum-based product, oil, hydraulic fluid, what have you, the different size molecules are what are actually blocking and stopping the seal or the gasket from leaking. And now you put all of these tiny molecules like sand in there and they're all very, very, very uniform in size. And that is why the seal will leak or the gasket will leak if it does. That, that doesn't mean all the time. If it, didn't, if, it, if it didn't leak with mineral oil and now you convert it to a synthetic type of fluid and it leaks, that is why. All you simply need to do is convert back because that seal is already compromised and you need to have those larger molecules in there, just like that larger soil structure to block it and keep it intact. Now, the other thing that comes into play is that every seal, whether it's on a PTO pump, a hydraulic system, or what have you, has what is called a swell rate. And as I was saying, is that it needs to get a little bit damp from the fluid that it's being pumped or that it's carrying, and then that will create the bond between the seal and its surface. So there is a swell rate, and it's calculated and it's calculated in the seal design in the material. Now, what happens is that specifically with engines and, and oils is that there is a swell rate, all right, for mineral oil, and the swell rate is different for synthetic oil. So that is why the smaller molecules go through. So if you were to blessed, be blessed and you bought a brand new whatever, pickup truck, combine, tractor, lawnmower, and you always put synthetic oil in it, and you will not have a problem. Don't think it's going to leak because of the smaller molecules. It's because the seal will swell to that oil, and that is why I do not like to jump around and change different oils, different hydraulic fluids, and different brands because, believe it or not, even though it's synthetic, so if you were to go buy Walmart synthetic oil versus Mobile One synthetic oil, the thing is that only the not only is the additive package is going to be different, but the size of the molecules is going to be different. All right. So if you keep everything more or less standard and keep everything the same, you will, so I don't want to give you the impression that you can never use synthetic oil. No, you if you you but if you do develop a leak, it is because of that. And if it's a new engine, a low hour engine, a low mile engine, you're going to have no trouble whatsoever converting over to synthetic oil and and having leaks, no problem whatsoever. And then this, and the next thing we want to talk about is AC lines, air conditioner lines on a piece of equipment, right? You have the low side and you have the high side air conditioner lines. Well, you know, when those air conditioner lines get old and or they get oil soaked or they get grease on them, all right? Not dust from the field, but it actually attacks the hose. Now, what will happen is that that hose on the, on the high side, the pressure side of the air conditioner, will now start to become porous. 
Now the pressure in an AC system cycles up and down like blood pressure does on a human being. So the the hotter the load, the, I mean the higher the load on the air conditioner, meaning the higher thermal load, the hotter the weather, the more humidity. All right, the high side pressure is going to go increase. You have a lot of chaff in front of the uh, the condenser, right on your tractor, your combine, what have you. You're running the AC, right? You're harvesting wheat. This is wheat harvest time. All right, the high side pressure is gonna is going to spike. So what will happen is that ho- as that hose deteriorates from age or oil on it is that its molecular structure of the hose is going to change and at a certain pressure it's going to start to leak it's going to start to push the refrigerant refrigerant through so using simple numbers let's say that the hose is starting to deteriorate and and uh it leaks at 500 pounds on the high side well at 490 it doesn't leak all right and that is why you could have an ac system and the same thing with the o-rings and the seals but specifically the hoses people say well it doesn't make any difference that hose is, is greasy or there's an oil leak from the valve cover from the turbo and it's getting it it's getting it wet there it doesn't make any difference well it is deteriorating that hose and at a certain point it's going to push through the, the refrigerant pressure is going to push through, and as the refrigerant pressure drops on the high side, then it's going to stop leaking, and when it spikes, it is going to leak, and that is why if you have an AC system and you cannot find the leaks, it's a pressure, high side pressure-induced leak. It's most likely a hose. If the hoses look good and they're not covered with oil and, 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 and dried out, then it's probably an O-ring or a seal, but keep in mind that leaks are intrinsically keyed to pressure operating pressure in the system and so is so is o-rings and that's the same thing happens with your hydraulics on a tractor so you're going to lift the planter up you're going to do something all right the thing is that when that pressure spikes it could start to push through and a seal could leak and when the pressure is lower so keep keep that in mind and another thing that happens is that you don't have a you over compress a gasket and you squish it or you have a gasket that is made of the wrong material and the fluid that it's actually supposed to stop from leaking is attacking it so it's like an autoimmune disease attacking attacking an animal or a person and it's actually attacking that gasket material so sit tight during the short break and we will finish up right when we come back This is a Dairy Radio Minute. Our topic is prepartum and postpartum metabolites of vitamin D. This information was presented by the folks from the University of Florida by Dr. Corwin Nelson. Vitamin D is a very common additive in the feeding program. And we get vitamin D in metabolism. Uh, what happens is it's converted over to a product called 25-hydroxy-D3. And then that the body converts again one more step over to 125-dihydroxy-D3. And that's the active form that can regulate uh, calcium metabolism in dairy animals along with other roles of vitamin D in the feeding program. So our take-home messages include, one, uh, there is another new product that will be in the marketplace, the 25-hydroxy-D3, and being combined with some of the DCAT products here. And stay tuned as more research occurs. Thanks. Have a great day. That's Dr. Mike Hutchins, and I'm Bill Baker with a Dairy Radio Minute. 
RFD TV covers the issues that are relevant to your rural lifestyle, and U.S. producers trust RFD TV more than any other news source. The rural Main Street Index is seeing a rebound, hitting its highest level since May of last year. Timely, unbiased information to help you tend to your fields and families while keeping up with policy changes in D.C. Consider H.R. 3397, which would require the Bureau of Land Management to withdraw its proposed so-called conservation and landscape health rule. Long-range weather forecast to help you plan ahead. This front will wobble back and forth the next couple of days, bringing more thunder showers to that area. And we're also the number one source for market and commodities information as it happens. It's like you have this give and take all the time. And it's, it's a battle between the winners and the losers on the rain over the weekend. Catch Market Day Report and the Rural Evening News weekdays on RFD-TV and Rural Radio, Sirius XM Channel 147. Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. Now keep in mind when you have two parts that are going together, whether it's an oil pan, an engine block, the side of a housing and a sprayer or a combine, whenever there is a gasket employed, that is to make up for the difference in the surface, the irregularity of the surface between the two parts. So if you are looking at a gasket and you are looking at the two pieces, let's say, an, for instance, an oil pan on an engine, what you need to do is to put the oil pan or the pan on the engine, the sheet metal pan, loosely don't bend it all right and snug up the bolts and take a feeler gauge and read in there so let's say you have an old piece of equipment on the farm right and the pan is warped well as so you need to identify how much warpage there is or you could use a straight edge and put a straight edge on there and use a feeler gauge with the straight edge whatever is more applicable for that for that app for that use all right and then say okay fine let's say arguably make up numbers we have a 16th of an inch of warpage here and the gasket is a half an inch thick all right well but that's a thick gasket but what i'm just using numbers for for drama here and to show you well that's not going to be a problem because the gasket has to be thicker than the greatest amount of warpage if it if the amount of warpage is greater or almost the thickness of the gasket then you're going to have some weepage and some leakage because you're not evenly going to compress that gasket and that gasket needs to have a certain level of compression not crush compression pressure against it because and that's why the gasket is softer than the other surface and it needs to embed in there slightly and it needs to take up that irregularity and as i was saying before the break is that you have to be concerned with the material of the gasket how are you going to be concerned you can't design the gasket right i mean you i mean i can't design a gasket but keep in mind if you buy name brand gaskets they'll be made from the proper material so just like you have a a, a sprayer a pump on your sprayer and it's it could take 24d because it's more aggressive right as seals that, that can live under 24d the same thing happens with a gasket is that you need to understand this that and that the gasket has to be able to survive and hold back and not have what it's trying to hold back attack it which is very, 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 very common when you get these cheap 
the gaskets, well, they're not they're not cheap when you buy them, but you get these gaskets from China and what have you. They just they're made to the right size, they're made to everything, but they're made out of the wrong material, and they end up leaking or weeping shortly thereafter. And you go in there and you snug it up more, and then you say, well, the bolts are loose, and that was simply because that the gasket is starting to deteriorate and creating that gap there. So I want to thank you so much for tuning in, and I want you to know that the Hot Rod Farmer is pulling for you, the American farmer and rancher my beloved, beloved America. You have a blessed day. I'll catch you next week. Parts of the Southern Plains benefit from spring rainfall. With this American Ag Today update, I'm Jesse Allen. While much of the Southern Plains has been locked in a drought for multiple years, parts of Texas have been green again after spring rainfall. John Nielsen-Gammon is a Texas state climatologist who says it's a welcome change from drought. It's been kind of rough, but we do have large portions of the state out of drought at the moment, things never work out ideally. For example, in the Texas Panhandle, Borger, Texas, has received twice their normal amount of rainfall for the year, but almost all of it came within a one-month period. So it went from too dry to plant to too wet to plant. And now with the high temperatures, it's causing a bit of stress on the crops, which hopefully will end soon enough that it won't cause much of a permanent decrease of yields, but we'll have to see. Certainly, we're better off than we were with substantial rainfall deficits. With this American Ag Today update, I'm Jesse Allen reporting. From rodeo action taking place to fishing tips to keep you landing the big ones, from pro angler Johnny Candle to health alerts for anyone that enjoys the outdoors, this is Back with the Ben Show, your outdoors western and lifestyle radio show. We have the latest news and headlines you've been missing. Be sure to tune into The Ben Show this Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, right here, Rural Radio Channel 147 on Sirius XM. Stay informed with what's going on throughout agriculture with American Ag Today on Rural Radio Channel 147. I'm your host, Jesse Allen, and each weekday, I bring you the latest news, market info, ag tech news, and more with American Ag Today. Weekdays at 6.52 a.m. Eastern on Rural Radio Channel 147 on Sirius XM. Your home for the agriculture industry and western sports is Sirius XM's Rural Radio on Channel 147.